Welcome. You're listening to the prologue of the Raising Water podcast. More than a hundred people died, and hundreds more are still missing after the worst flooding in parts of Western Europe for several decades. This is a country of 160 million people today. Een hevige orkaan, samenvallend met een springvloed, bracht op 1 februari een ramp over Nederland. When we read, listen and watch news stories about water in the Netherlands and Bangladesh, they are mostly about the threats it brings in the form of floods. These floods have brought our two countries together. And since the independence of Bangladesh, the Netherlands and Bangladesh have been cooperating to tackle this and many other water challenges. In this podcast series, we focus on the stories behind the relationship of the two allies and friends working together to deal with current and future water challenges. Our guest speakers are Dutch and Bangladeshi experts. We listen to their behind-the-scenes insights and explore ways to increase water knowledge and look at ways to further strengthen cooperation between the two countries. This is the prologue. So this is a good time when Bangladeshi professionals and Dutch professionals can sit down and define um, how to approach future because future is totally uncertain due to climate change. I would say to focus more on learning from the everyday realities and aspirations of those who are potentially or are actually most affected by the effects of climate change and water. I'm not saying we always did right. Eh? We tried. We also come, like the rest of the world, for a modernistic age, an age where we thought every problem had one solution. We now know that that is stupid. The, the one that, that we share is that the differences are the opportunity to connect. We're going to hear a lot more about this in the podcast. My name is Andy Clark. I'm a Dutch-British journalist and worked for years for Radio Netherlands and have covered many stories from South Asia. I'm first joined by Shanur Hassan. She studied the, at the University of Amsterdam and the IHE Delft Institute for Water Education. She is currently a researcher and coordinator at the University of Utrecht on the Diamonds in the Delta network. Shanur, welcome. Thank you, Andy. Diamond in the Delta, it's a great name. What is this network? In Diamond in the Delta network, or what we do is we aim to develop people-centric and context-sensitive approaches uh, for inclusive and sustainable Delta development. We do bottom-up research with, uh, together with vulnerable communities in seven Delta hotspots across South Asia, Southeast Asia, uh, Latin America and um, uh, in Africa. So one of our hotspots is Kulna in Bangladesh. Great. Okay, you're going to help me host the podcast today. Shanur, with us uh, in the podcast are two experts to get the ball rolling. Can you introduce them for us? Sure, Andy. I'm very excited to have these two guests here with us. Today we have two well-known water experts who are greatly admired by people from education and research, government and private sectors, NGOs and international development communities in Bangladesh, Netherlands and beyond. They are Professor Ainun Nishat, one of the most recognized Bangladeshi water and climate scientists. We have Henk Olving, the Netherlands Special Envoy for International Water Affairs. We have two great guests and what I'd like to do to kick off and get the podcast really going is have a quick fire round with both of you and ask you the question, 
give me three similarities and three differences between the Netherlands and, and Bangladesh. Maybe, Henk, uh, in the studio here with us, you can kick off. Well, a uh, good question, and Andy and Shanur and Professor Nishat, it's very good to uh, be with you. Uh, three similarities. Well, Bangladesh and the Netherlands, they're all water, uh, for one. Uh, second, they're all optimistic in the context of those water challenges. They're future-oriented. They don't see water as something to be afraid of. They respect it, but also see the opportunities. And I think they're very collaborative, and that also shows our past and hopefully future way of working together, really finding synergies between different aspects of society, but also across borders and boundaries in the world. Okay, plenty to talk about. Professor Nishat, welcome. Um, Please, can you give us your uh, input to uh, three uh, similarities and three differences between the Netherlands and Bangladesh? Thank you very much. Um, there are a lot of similarities in the sense that both the countries are flat, deltaic, um, significant part of the country are below sea level. Um, they suffer from storm surge, flood and drought. 2021 is a very good example. and. IPCC report says that in future, the height of the storm surge and the intensities would be higher. In the Netherlands, you started your water planning in 1953. We also started almost at the same time because of the massive flood of 1954, 55 and 56. Uh, we have dense population. Um, of course, population densities, Bangladesh is much higher. Both countries have a lot of dependence on agriculture. Uh, we are still developing. We are still, um, poverty level is very low. But over the last 10 years, we have done wonderful thing. We are graduating from least developed country to a middle income country, of course, then the lower level. And uh, climate change is bringing in major challenges to both of us. As I said, uh, another major problem is riverbank erosion, and that has caused a lot of migration and displacement of people. So we have a lot of things to learn, and um, we are collaborating. And three differences? Totally different cultures, background in history, uh, geographical, natural, and uh, environmental systems uh, are different. Uh, environments, uh, for that matter, are different. Quite a few. Okay. Yeah, quite a few. We're going to get into a nice discussion in, in just a moment. But first, I'd like to jump into uh, my time machine and take us back to, uh, to 1974. And we're going to hear a fragment uh, from a BBC uh, TV documentary. In Bangladesh, the flood is on the retreat. It is the start, not the end of a disaster. A woman walks through what had once been her village. The village has now been obliterated, washed away by the flood. It is the worst flood for 20 years. It's covered the land, more than half of Bangladesh, for three months. For 58 days in succession it rained, five inches a day. Rivers became torrents. The houses which stood at their edge were smashed. People and livestock were drowned. 
A fragment there from a documentary from British uh, TV, a reporter Jonathan Dimbleby uh, visiting Bangladesh in 1974. Large parts of the country were underwater, the rice harvest had failed and people were suffering from hunger and were leaving the countryside en masse for the capital Dakar. They ended up in slums with the ever-present risk of, uh, of disease and Bangladesh was in its infancy then, having just two years earlier in 1972 then separated from Pakistan in a bloody conflict, um, where at first neighbour Pakistan was perhaps one of the biggest challenges. Water uh, at the birth of the nation of Bangladesh was also a huge challenge. How best to set about life as an independent nation in a delta? A group of Bangladeshi engineers visited Delft in 1972 and Professor Nishat, I believe you were part of that team. Why the Netherlands? Why did you come here to, to kind of you know, share your knowledge, but also gain, gain knowledge here? Actually, collaboration between Netherlands and Bangladesh started in early 50s, uh, when in the Pakistan period, uh, the then ambassador of Pakistan in, in Netherlands thought there would be a lot of things to learn from Netherlands because, the, because of the similarities between the two countries. But actual collaboration started after 1972. And the first collaboration I can recognize is how to introduce winter rice. Our main rice was the monsoon rice and that is to suffer from flood, but winter is relatively flood free. But towards the end of the season, before the crop is harvested, there could be flood. So the Dutch professionals came and they introduced a technology which was new to us called submersible dye. So you get your crop harvested by middle of May, beginning of May, and then the whole area goes underwater, nobody cares. That was the starting point. The second thing they... Okay. Okay. Let me bring in Henk, because I'd like to get his reflection on the kind of the, the start of the relationship between Bangladesh and the Netherlands. How did that relationship develop then? Was it one of kind of development aid towards Bangladesh, or was it a kind of relationship of equals from the start? But development aid is based on uh, uh, the understanding that we're all equal. Eh? Uh, develop, that is the uh, misconception about the word aid. Aid is not about one is more or better or one, we c we're all different. But aid is really about how can we find synergies and ways of collaboration. And uh, I think this is what we uh, immediately also uh, uh, understood in working especially on water and I think that is where why it is so um, why it so much stands out uh, water really doesn't care where you are in the world Professor Nishat who's, did you see it the same way? I would say the starting point was to ensure food security in Bangladesh the though they started working maybe 72 73 but they concentrated their work from 74 onwards and uh, they gave a lot of very good advice to Bangladeshis. Like, Bangladesh was fond of very large project, but they, they pushed for small projects and they call it EIP, Early Implementation Project. Currently, Bangladesh is preparing their national adaptation program, which we'll have to submit to the whole world. And one of the requirements of the Paris Agreement is to develop standards for adaptation. This is where Bangladesh and Netherlands can work together. We need to 
redesign and rework on all the infrastructure for water management, like the coastal polders. We need to raise the height of the dikes. Um, we have 129 polders. This is an area where we have done some work, but we need to do some more work. Drought has come in all on a sudden. In the peak of the monsoon, believe me, last year there was no rainfall in the peak of monsoon, which was unheard of. We need to work on that. And another area where we are very weak, which is to work on drainage congestion. The urban areas are going to suffer. In the Delta Plan of the Netherlands, they have paid attention to the urban areas, which we have not done. We need to do that. So we need to review uh, water management in light of climate change and then we can start work in Bangladesh because all parameters related to water management would change. Flood management, riverbank erosion, urban drainage congestion, cyclone, storm surge, everything. So this is a good time when Bangladeshi professionals and Dutch professionals can sit down and define um, how to approach future, because future is totally uncertain due to climate change. Hank, what fond memories do you have from your Bangladesh visits and working relations there? Yeah, what I always like best is really trying to get it done. And when we started to work in Kulna as part of the Water as Leverage program, uh, visiting Kulna for the first time, walking its streets, uh, along the riverbanks, meeting the people, of course with translation, figuring out what their needs are, uh, the massive challenges, uh, looking and touching the water and, and understanding uh, what it really is and what the opportunities are, and then figuring out together, working in in small groups with students, with kids from schools, with professionals, with the mayor's office and the uh, and, uh, elected officials and across, really figuring out what to do. That 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 that's the experience that really you know will ever will always stick. And then, I think it was a uh, cyclone Bulpan that was like two years ago, um, uh, and it went right over Kulna, and uh, you know based on that. That relationship, of course, you have you continue to stay in close contact. And uh, Mr. Abir, uh, the, uh, from the uh, chief city uh, commissioner's office, I couldn't reach him. And then all of a sudden, you know, after all these WhatsApps, uh, Mr. Abir, how are you? Came this WhatsApp, Mr. Hank, Mr. Hank, I'm fine. Thank you so much. Uh, the mangroves saved Kulna City. Uh, and I mean, that resonated so much across everything eh? that there is this friendship that came out of a partnership that we continue to invest and work together on making Kulna and so many other uh, other cities and communities more resilient and more adaptive to climate change, but also that there are pathways forward and that people really care. Uh, and I think that friendship uh, based on how water can connect us, I think that, that uh, will never leave. Professor Nishat, um, the, the wonderful story there from from Hank. Um, but are there sometimes miscommunications, different cultures? You know, there's sometimes things that get in the way. And you know, have you have you ever fallen out uh, about things? Or you know, were there times when you thought we're really not understanding each other now? No, I, it has never happened with me. I have worked with um, 15, 20 Dutch professionals working in Bangladesh. Our communication was very good. Uh, incidentally. Uh, just drawing attention of Mr. Henk uh, that I'm a son from Kulna, 
I come from that area, so there is no problem. Um, communication with Dutch academics and professionals has always been very good, and we hold them in very high respect because their ground condition, accepting economic side, we are poor, I mean, financially we are poor, but culturally we are rich, and uh, there is no, there has not been any problem in communication. And I believe in next 50 years, we'll do a lot of work together because a lot of work has to be done. Chano, you want to jump in? Yeah, sure. I have a, an interesting observation to share here. Um, as I have been now living in the Netherlands, but I originally come from Bangladesh, raised and have been educated there. What I see here is that the flood disaster of 1953 in the Netherlands have influenced uh, people, how they perceive and feel emotionally connected to water. Um, they, I feel that, that their emotions have been evolved around the, the earlier water management mantra of keeping your feet dry. And this reflects uh, in the Dutch literature when it talks about water. And in contrast, um, the Bangladeshi literature, even with the recurrent histories of uh, flooding, and uh, as Professor Nishat was mentioning, and from Hank's personal anecdotes about the cyclones and storm surges, the literature is deeply connected to river and water. And authors and poets, they often fantasize, romanticize, and personify the untamed rivers. So this is an interesting contrast that I see in the culture and lit literature and people's emotions towards water. So there's the taming of the waters in the Netherlands and the, the celebration of the wildness of the water in Bangladesh. Indeed, living with water that the Netherlands is now coming up with. Okay, let me bring in Hank, because that's an interesting point you raised there about the differences of approaches to the two countries with a more adaptive approach of the Netherlands and a more rigid approach in Bangladesh. Hank, why is that? And We also come, like the rest of the world, from a modernistic age, an age where we thought every problem had one solution. We now know that that is stupid it doesn't work every problem has to be taken on in the context of its you know complexity and therefore you have to drive a very comprehensive way of looking at it but we become better and the partnership between the netherlands and bangladesh also helps us learn there but i think this longer line of how this works in governance in capacity uh, in politics and policy is of critical importance to understand how we deal with it and then yeah, we, uh, um, we learn um, in, the, in the 80s, end of the 80s, we assessed our riverine delta uh, from the, the aspect that, hey, what are we doing with our rivers like in the rest of the world? Do we treat them as rivers or as canals? Is it for transportation or are they li uh, 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 living uh, um, threats through our delta? And we started to rethink how we have to deal with our rivers. But the Netherlands are only the pit yeah, we're in the end. Eh? So <laughs> if in Germany, France, Belgium, they don't treat the rivers the way we do, yeah. we won't bring the solution upstream easily. Eh? So this learning still has to be replicated across Europe. So okay. we need Bangladesh to help not only us, but also our neighbors to understand rivers better. Okay. Chano? Professor Nishat, you rightfully pointed out about a lacking of monitoring and supervision in our water proje project-based water intervention. So why, uh, from, I mean, from your point of view, have you ever tried to communicate because I, uh, you, are, uh, you hold positions in many national committees, 
related to water and development. Have you ever tried to communicate this message or influence the minds of the government or the local authorities to make this monitoring and supervision an explicit element of the project and when they negotiate with donors? Um, Shanul, you know that I am a loudspeaker, so I make my views known to everybody. But problem is when the donors or financiers, World Bank, ADB, Islamic Bank, or wherever it is, they would like to pay money for new construction. They would not like to pay money for the operation and maintenance. And we didn't have our own finance. Right now we have that own finance, but all thinking is still there. So I think that is why I am asking you, or I am, re- I am suggesting that we should have a fresh look into the way we plan our uh, water management, especially in light of climate change. As for example, in October, the amendments breached uh, due to high tide, and that should not have happened. So I shall continue to make noise, but uh, often I'm not uh, liked for making noise uh, because in Bangladesh, you keep on doing what you had been doing there is no pressure from the government to change what has not worked so far. So it is our problem. That is why I am suggesting we should have a fresh review the way we are managing water. And for that, we need assistance of the Dutch because they understand Bangladesh very well. We need to change our approach. So very quickly, The Dutch has helped Bangladesh so far with capacity building and is going on. But whatever we have learned during the training program in the Netherlands or the academic program in Netherlands, we have failed to implement that in Bangladesh. The second issue on which the Dutch have helped us with innovation, I can give you an example of a lot of innovative work. Third thing is they have gone for program approach. Bangladesh suffers from a disease, I call it projectitis. We do projects, but we do not do program in a holistic manner. The Dutch have done a lot of research work, a lot of models and a lot of studies, but our own work on that has been very poor. They have done a lot of joint research projects with Bangladesh academic institution. So recognizing these five areas where we have worked together, now we need to bring in climate change and do actual work on ground. Otherwise, in five years time, Bangladesh, living in Bangladesh should be very difficult, especially in cities like Dhaka and also in the coastal belt. Uh, If the storm surge height gets higher as predicted by the sixth IPCC report released hardly three months back, Sundarban would not be able to help Khulna. So bad days are coming. We need to work with the Dutch professionals and adapt fresh approach. But for that, we need to make changes in the mindset, which is rather a difficult task. Hank, what fresh thoughts is your your Water as Leverage project bringing in? So I think... um, we now bring water's leverage to the Netherlands, uh, Germany and Denmark, actually, to help uh, also rethink how we deal with these future challenges. And I think what water's leverage try to do is, uh, from the ground up, uh, 
from a real understanding of the challenges in their interdependency, eh? not only looking at water, but also looking at health, urban development, uh, gender issues, equality, uh, the economics and food and the cross, eh? uh, really looking at all these aspects from the ground up, figuring out what a coalition could look like and what type of expertise is needed and then identify opportunities that can uh, can bring, well, a a kind of dynamic in the realization. So not one-offs, but interventions, projects that can have a follow-up that you can replicate and scale. So you have a rippling effect of sustainable development in the places that are so vulnerable, owned by the people, developed in coalitions where you bring the expertise together. I think this partnership approach uh, is of critical importance. Uh, Professor Nishad is so right. Eh? The Rupsha River in the context of Kulna is the larger river of the two, but uh, it's a small river. But for the Netherlands, that is a real river. If we uh, visit Bangladesh Delta, we're always amazed. Uh, the, the magnitude, uh, the size, but also uh, the capacity of the, the Delta and Bangladesh uh, for the Netherlands is an inspiration in itself. So it's it's beyond uh, the culture of water. It's the water system that is uh, at the heart of the uh, Bangladesh country. That is an inspiration, not only to learn. It's a real inspiration for the Dutch. Okay. Um, just to finish off then, a, a kind of one-line answer from everyone would be fantastic. Uh, where to next for the relationship between Bangladesh and the Netherlands? Henk, what's your one-line uh, uh, answer to uh, where to next for the relationship between Bangladesh and the Netherlands when it comes to water? For at least another 50 years. Okay, great answer. Chanu, do you want to also, uh, you also have thoughts on this? What, how do you see it going? Because of my work and research interests, uh, I would say to focus more on learning from the everyday realities and aspirations of those who are potentially or are actually most affected by the effects of climate change and water. Henk, when are you satisfied that the project in Kulna is is finished and when will you be happy and, and pleased with what's happened there uh, that, that your work is done? Well, there are two aspects to that question. When am I happy and when is the work done? I'm happy now, but the work is never done. Uh, so uh, working on water never stops. Uh, it sticks with us forever. Water as leverage is a kickstarter, not something with an end. It's a way to figure out how to do better, live better with water and intervene to get something going, not to get something stopping. So I think water as leverage is only the beginning without an end. And that is working, so I'm happy. Um, Professor Nishad, do you have uh, anything to add or would you like to reflect on something before we wrap up here? We need to change our approach. So very quickly, the Dutch has helped Bangladesh so far with capacity building and is going on. But whatever we have learned during the training program in the Netherlands or the academic program in Netherlands, we have failed to implement that in Bangladesh. The second issue on which the Dutch have helped us with innovation, I can give you example of a lot of innovative work. Third thing is they have gone for program approach. Bangladesh suffers from a disease, I call it projectitis. We do projects, but we do not do program in a holistic manner. The Dutch have done a lot of research work, a lot of models and a lot of studies, but our own work on that 
has been very poor. They have done a lot of joint research projects with Bangladesh academic institution. So recognizing these five areas where we have worked together, now we need to bring in climate change and do actual work on ground. Otherwise, in five years' time, Bangladesh, li living in Bangladesh would be very difficult, especially in cities like Dhaka and also in the coastal belt. Uh, if the storm surge height gets higher, as predicted by the sixth IPCC report released hardly three months back, Shundarban would not be able to help Khulna. So bad days are coming. We need to work with the Dutch professionals and adopt fresh approach. But for that, we need to make changes in the mindset, which is rather a difficult task. Thanks to all for taking part in the podcast. The Dutch Special Envoy for International Water Affairs, Henk Ovink, Professor Einan Nishat, who is a pioneering expert of water resource management and climate change in Bangladesh, and Shinoor Hussan, my co-host and researcher and coordinator at Utrecht University on the Diamonds in the Delta Network. Um, the podcast is made possible thanks to initiator Yarp Avers, Senior Lecturer of Water and Environmental Policy at the IHE Delft Institute for Water Education. Director and Project Leader is Ellen van Dalen. Technique from Paul van der Ham. Accompanying photography from Cynthia van Elk. And the podcast has been made as part of the celebrations of 50 years of friendship between Bangladesh and the Netherlands. The podcast is supported by the Bangladesh Embassy in The Hague and thanks also to to the Dutch Embassy in Dakar for their support as well. If you enjoyed the podcast, then why not share it in your network and perhaps even give a review in your podcast app of choice and then even more people will get to hear about it. And this is the first podcast in a series, so keep an eye on those podcast apps for the next episode, which will be coming soon. And from me, Andy Clark, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.